live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Can you all believe that we're in mid-May of 2021? I mean, seriously, weren't we just talking about Christmas and New Year's and all this good stuff? But here we are rolling into mid-year, guys. Unbelievable. And um, yeah, welcome, everybody. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez, and welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, the show where we chat about up-and-coming artists, current hitmakers, and musical legends. And uh, wow, we have a string of really great guests starting today, guys. Let's start with Olivia Ellen Lloyd on today's episode, guys. She is an up-and-coming star based in Brooklyn from West Virginia. Her debut album, Loose Cannon, just completely skyrocketed into critics' uh, top like lists. You know, Rolling Stone Country compared her to John Prime. Uh, it was called Personal and Heartfelt by Highway Queens. Uh, and yeah, and she's been all over the bluegrass situation, DDTV, gimmick country, holler country. Her single, Loose Cannon, spent three weeks, three weeks on the top five of gimmick country station and has been streamed over 100,000 times on Apple Music, guys. It was a great, great conversation with Olivia. She was really generous with her time. We went not only about her career genesis and her songwriting and how music came into her life, but... We got really deeply into her, um, how important it is for her to give back. She talks to us about her travels, one of them to Guatemala that changed her outlook on life. Strongly recommend you check it out. And just honored to chat with Olivia, a blossoming country Americana star on today's show. If you are new, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you like what you hear, please give us a little rating. Uh, wherever you're listening to right now, whether it's uh, Apple Music or uh, Spotify or Google Podcasts or whatever, give us a rating. All that little thing takes 30 seconds of your time and it helps us immensely. So we would really appreciate it. So without further ado, guys, drumroll, Olivia Lloyd Music on J-Rock Concerts, the podcast. <laughs> How are you? What are you drinking? Oh, coffee, black. I'm trying to come alive here still. Cheers. Same with you. Same with you, Olivia. Wow. So great to see you. You look you great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, Olivia, I mean, where do we start? I mean, what an album that you, you know, that, that you're unleashing to the world, that you unleashed on the world, Loose Cannon in late February. Like, there's Thank no, you so much. There's no easing into it. Sometimes we like to ease into it, but like... <laughs> I mean, we love all the songs in it, all of them, from Shepherdstown to In the Valley and all in between. I mean, what's that song? I'm, get, I'm getting high and lonesome. High and lonesome, uh, yeah. Strung out over you. Do you want to get low and lonesome? Oh, my God, Olivia. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Thank you so much. <laughs> I just have to start with that because there's no other way around it. Amazing album. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Um, definitely been a long time in the making, so it's been nice to have people respond to it um, so positively, especially in the middle of a pandemic when like I can't go tour on it yet, yet, yet. yet. (laughs) But you can see the lights. We can see the light, right? I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping this summer I'll get some shows. I have my May is filling up with some local stuff and then hopefully July and August will be 
Also Ready to well. roll. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, Olivia. So let me quickly introduce you to my audience. I mean, a wonderful and accomplished singer, a songwriter. You live in, you live in Brooklyn, right? You're in Brooklyn, Brooklyn yeah. right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, originally from West Virginia, Mountaineer. And uh, yeah, the album Loose Cannon, like you said, critically acclaimed. And uh, you, know, you can order on olivialloydmusic.com and Instagram uh, at bolivia.floyd. Bolivia yeah. with a BFM boy. <laughs> You end up with the Bias and Boy, like the country. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's okay. been my it's been my handle for a long time, and I just didn't want to change. It. <laughs> no, no, no. Fair, fair. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Oh my God. So Olivia, when you were you know ten years old, you mentioned that you you know that uh, your album's been a long time coming, but your whole artistry's been a long time coming since you were ten years old. You made a list of things that you wanted to accomplish in your life. You said uh, <laughs> you wanted to go college far away from home. You wanted to fall in love. And you wanted to put out an album. So what, what was the feeling late last year, I think late November, early December, I forgot, uh, when you had in your hands the physical CD copies of Loose Cannon in your in your possession? Yeah, it, it was definitely a very emotional moment. Um, it, I didn't even have to touch the CDs to have... Um, uh, the the mailman dropped these you know enormous packages off and I had to sign for them because it was you know I bought something like 500 copies of the CD um, and I was like holding the package which was like 30 pounds and like started to cry and the mailman was just like take the package please uh, have a nice day like totally not prepared for the emotions I had um, I think the interesting thing about my adulthood is it's been this entire path of like trying to get away from whatever perception I had as a child of what adulthood would be like, and then actually like turning right back around and, and, and trying to satisfy the like ambitions and desires of my like inner former child. Uh, So it was, it was very, yeah, I know that's like kind of a woo woo thing to say, but like, it was very emotional to finally um, invest in myself and invest in my art. Uh, By making this album good good and we're and we're I'm, we're glad you did because obviously that's your calling i, I think oh thanks yeah and, and so <laughs> you grew up in west virginia I, I actually love that state i used to drive by it a few times by chester new cumberland area a little bit like close okay to ohio. yeah 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 on the ohio uh, border like th- those mountains like the whole like so picturesque it really like awakens your soul i think um yeah, yeah right? it's I don't think that there, I mean, I'm biased because I grew up there, but it really is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the world. And the whole state is like that, you know, it's different, a little different everywhere you live. Like I'm closer to the Valley. Right. Harper's Ferry is like the low point of the state, but then you go over to like Seneca Rocks and Dahlia Sods or down to the New River Gorge. And it's just breathtaking. The it's whole breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And, and when you play that, uh, that, um, that West Virginia song, the, the one from John, whatever, I'm blanking out. It makes sense. That's that's where I'm going. Yeah. It's, it's like another yeah. level. It's like, oh, got it. Understood. But um, so your grandmother, you know, she was a music teacher and your dad was the local musician. Yeah. What what are some of those nice memories of learning to write songs with your with your father, right? Because he bought you that cheap washburn guitar. You yeah. know, so if you close your eyes and take our audience into a session with your dad there, like was he drinking coffee? Like take, <laughs> what are the details? Yeah. Um so my dad was very big on um, me learning with my ears. So um, he showed me how to form chords without hurting myself. And then just said, watch and listen, and you'll hear the, you know, 
you'll hear the triads and you'll make the chords and eventually it'll work. And it was like a lot of trial and error, but I'm, I'm very grateful for that because I feel, um, I feel very, I feel like my, I got really great sort of on the, off the cuff ear training that way, but also it, it allowed me to sort of like find my own path and my own style and guitar rather than having something imposed upon me. Uh, my father's actually not much of a songwriter. He wrote constantly. He was always waiting for the muse to strike. Mm. Um, but he was sort of suffered from eternal writer's block. And I, I actually <laughs> immediately started writing my own songs. I like immediately started noodling around with that. And, and I think part of why I kept it up is my dad, even the like dinkiest, weirdest, most like half-baked thing I came up with was just so impressed that I had like decided it was a song or like, you know, come with this idea that he really um, very deeply encouraged me. Uh, but my dad loved to practice. Uh, he was always trying to learn new styles of guitar and new songs. He played, uh, he did a lot of bar gigs when I was a kid. Okay. So that's like three hours of like every kind of song people at the bar want to hear. Right. And he was really good at, he was really good at that, um, at, at sort of pleasing the crowd. And he had a beautiful singing voice uh, absolutely gorgeous um, tenor voice, even in his late sixties, a beautiful sort of rich tone. Yeah. Um, uh, very blessed. And my, I actually, I don't have many memories of my grandmother. She died when I was six, unfortunately. Um, but I've been told we have the same sort of like sassy, sweet thing going on. So I, uh -huh, I take, uh, -huh. uh I take I take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That that it, you do have a unique thing going on. I love it. It's great. You have like the best of of, of, of every world. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so, so we're going through your journey. We'll get to the new music in a second, but your story is just fascinating. And then when, oh, when, you're, when you're 14, you're playing John Lennon in church, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from a very progressive, I grew up in a very progressive Presbyterian church. So uh, the first song I played ever live was a duet version of the song Imagine by John Lennon with my dad, um, as well as like your typical. You started small. You started with like yeah. a song that nobody knew, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Like no, no big deal. <laughs> and then, uh, also like singing, like, imagine there's no heaven in the middle of a church is like very indicative of the kind of church I grew up in. Very progressive. Uh, I once told my pastor, I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole God thing. And he was like, that's cool. Do you like, like hanging out with friends at church? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, church can just be that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> very progressive church. Very much about community. Um, it's a great place. Got a shout out SPC. Um, <laughs> But I also did, you know, I sang like Prepare You the Way of the Lord and, you know, all, all these other different, you know, songs at, at church after that and with my dad and in the church choir. That's definitely um, where my first sort of musical public performances took place, um, like a lot of uh, nice. accomplished singers. I always like to say like Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Also, a church like singer. Aretha Franklin, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's yeah. Like the <laughs> A little different, but <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like, <laughs> yeah. But 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 not. I get you. I got yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, the best Olivia. So you also, you know, really interesting chapter of of, of uh, the unique artist that you are. You spent a lot of your twenties, you know, just kind of wandering around. You moved, you know, Michigan. You went to Dallas. You but you went to Guatemala City. I thought that was pretty interesting. Before in Brooklyn, of course. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about Guatemala City. What were you doing there? And what did you learn that, you know, maybe that you carry to this day, like inequality, stuff that you don't normally see? 
Right. Um, thank you for asking that question. Guatemala City, I mean, I went there to teach English in a summer program. I was, I um, at the time was functionally bilingual, uh, thanks to University of Michigan has this great immersive language program. Um, and I thought that I could, I was sort of, I had, I had been sort of wandering around. This was like at the end of my wanders and a friend, you know, posited this to me and said, you know, you love, you have a passion for language and a passion for people. You should come and do this. And I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of people who travel abroad thinking they're going to do something altruistic come away with the same experience I had, which is that of course, the things that I learned and the knowledge that I gained from the people that I lived with was like far beyond what I ever could have offered to them. Uh, I saw a lot of direct parallel. Actually, my song in the valley is all about this. I saw a lot of direct parallels to the um, systemic poverty and yeah. oppression in Appalachia that I have witnessed. Uh, oh, wow. But of course, in Guatemala, in Guatemala, it's magnified uh, by a lot for for many reasons, for socio political reasons. Uh, you know, I was in a I was in a majority indigenous population, and of course, there was a genocide committed in Guatemala upon indigenous people. So the women that I lived and worked with had experienced just this insane torrent of trauma from like they're they're being ripped from their childhood homes, yeah. all the way to now their families being torn apart by gang violence, which is of course all of the undercurrent of all of it is is the um intense and uh unrelenting uh influence by the united states first by the cia you know you know infiltrating their government so they wouldn't be socialists right. to now you know the illegal drug trade which is which is driven by american consumer demand uh yeah. ravaging these communities uh in in the in the gang and cartel trade so uh to say and and also like the women I worked with were not, you know, we're not talking about like upper echelons of society. I lived in Esperanza, I lived in Zona 13, which is like one of the more dangerous neighborhoods. And these women were acutely aware of the way that the global um, global politics had played a role in their lives. And I, I thought that was really sure. interesting as a, as a responsible citizen that uh, other places don't have the privilege to ignore the machinations of the like international global machine they yeah. they have they have to become kind of political experts to understand uh what's yeah. happening uh anyway clearly i could go on about this forever i'm very passionate uh the guatemalan oh, people the, the the culture is incredible uh there's um such a culture of in inclusivity and and um and love and and family and community um i i had obviously been through a lot of loss in my time there and found a lot of kinship among women who had also experienced, I mean, intense, intense loss. Um, and the grace that they gave themselves and the world was um, to this day, a, a source of great solace and strength to me. Like if they can do it, so can I. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, I have I have such an affection for the country. And um, I, I also, that, Olivia, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 this is amazing. Isn't it interesting how, a lot of the times, like they, they release these rankings of the happiest countries in the world and places like Guatemala are like in the top 20. Uh, you know what I mean? These places with like a lot of uh, traumas are, you know, are happy. The people are happy. And then you look at countries that, you know, were privileged, like the United States or whatever, and we're like, you know, in the bottom half. Why did you notice that a little that even with all of this, people were very fulfilled in, in a way? It's an, I mean, that's such a difficult question, right? I think, um, I think to some extent, yes, because uh, there is, and it's, you know, I think it's, it's far deeper rooted and seated than I could even, 
you know, fain to understand, but there is this, there is this pervasive feeling of like, I woke up and I'm here. And that is like, that is important. Someone I love is here. I can provide for them. You know, like there is, there is this like sense of purpose there that a lot of people feel. And some of it is, some of them are just deeply religious. And I think that their faith in God really, um, carries them through difficult times. Like I will, I'll fully um, say that a lot of the women that I lived with took a lot of solace in, in faith and religion. But I also just think there's in hand, hand in hand with that is, is a sense of, a sense of purpose um, that is outside of the concept of like, I have to make as much money as possible or live in the nicest house um, imaginable, you know, and, and, you know, I think, we can all see that reflected in the immigrant experience prior to coming to the United States. Like a lot of people come here willing to do as much as they can and live frugally just to, you know, bring their families up in a place that is perceived as easier or, or better or whatever the, you know, the reason is. And I think, I think the like lack of concentration on uh, one upping your neighbor in, in, in preference to collect, working collectively and, and communally uh, sort of fosters a, a more happiness. You know, it's, sure. it's, sure. I feel like that's a, re, that's a bit reductive, uh, no, no, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't have to, I don't have two hours to wax philosophical about. Okay. <laughs> Listen, the takeaway uh, here is that <laughs> Olivia Lloyd is not only the amazing artist that she is, but wow, like we need you as an ambassador. We love you, motivational <laughs> speaker, the whole thing, Olivia. Amazing stuff. No, listen, I just, what I, I, I'm, I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my experience in Guatemala because I want to put a light on the women that I met there who really are the source of this inspiration. I worked for an organization called UPAVIM, which is um, Unidas para Vivir Mejor. It is a okay. Guatemalan women's organization. It was founded by indigenous women in Guatemala. Can we donate um, to that? You can donate to them. Yep, uh, upavim.org. You can donate to them. They have a school. Uh, there the are so many. Up. Yep, uh, I'll I'll send you the link. And um, you can also buy. They have an artesania there. So like, if you need a cool mask with like cool, you know, the women make uh, incredible text textiles and other like home goods, and it's all Amazing. fair trade. Yeah, uh, would really uh, encourage people to put their time and resources there. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Let's look into it. We'll help you out and we'll get our audience to help out for sure. Thank you. Yeah, of course, Olivia. So so let's uh, let's pivot a little to your music. Um, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is fascinating. Like you said, we could spend, you, you could do a TED talk on this, I feel like, it's like <laughs> and it would be amazing. I would pay to see it. But but okay, so so let's, let's, uh, let's start with downer, go a little to the upper, but let's look at it from a different perspective. Emily, of course, you've talked a lot about it uh, because it, it was one of, I think, your best friend and she unfortunately passed too early. But let's look at it from the bright side. What is the most beautiful thing from Emily that you carry today and that, that we as a world need collectively uh, going forward that, El that was part of Emily? Yeah, that's, a, uh, that's an interesting question. I think um, what I have really taken from the song is a appreciation for how lasting love is and you know um i can i can i have the opportunity when i when i sing that song to remember emily the human being and i tried very hard to like 
make the song about her physical living presence, um, the verses. Uh, and I think often our approach to grief is to try and tamp it down or move past it. Mm. Uh, and I, I, what I want from Emily or what, what I, what I have gotten from Emily and what I hope other people feel is that actually the pervasive memory of a, of a loved one who has gone, uh, can be comforting because the, the truth of the connection that you had and the, and the love that you shared is, is actually quite enduring. Um, and I clearly, I have some, uh, tendencies toward agnosticism, but I, I can really believe in that. And I think, uh, I think that's really beautiful. I really, I really oh, believe yeah. in that. Like I feel co really confident in that. Um, yeah. where other things might leave me questioning. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's such a beautiful song. And, um, of course, of course. Uh, I mean, I turn mountains into valleys. If it would bring you home, that's just a universal sentiment. It doesn't matter where you're from doesn't matter who you are. That's a universe. That line alone, Olivia, you can just drop the mic right there. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, the, the, the course is very much about the bargaining process we go through in grief when you realize someone's really gone and there's absolutely nothing. I mean, time is so weird that way because a person is there a moment and, and gone a next. And I, when experiencing the loss of Emily and my father and, and several other friends, I got really caught on that, on that idea of like just three seconds ago. They were here yeah. and now they're not and i think um i think anyone who's experienced grief can understand that kind of it it it's very hard for us to, un to understand intellectually you yeah, know what's yeah, going totally. on there totally what's your dog's name by the way i mean for the audio oh, yeah. that don't understand why <laughs> i just is... asked that <laughs> <laughs> this is hillary in the background here um this is hillary. She she's is... guarding she's she's the security for uh, the talent security so <laughs> while we're doing our interview hillary's kind of just roaming make sure there's no uh, stalkers going around that's like exactly that. right that's exactly right good job and emily on... i wouldn't mess with emily look at that dog <laughs> oh yeah Hil hillary 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 okay yeah yeah, yeah yeah um <laughs> so for god's sake let's talk about for god's sake because that intro i mean, I mean sick i've been getting too drunk taking the edge of my days uh what's the line but this smiling lush can't lift the spirits no matter what i drink i mean just for for for, for, a, for a, i mean for a lyrical beauty like this olivia because what a songwriter you are uh, do you tell your, you know, your boyfriend, your significant other, like, okay, I'm locking myself in the in the office from nine to five. Don't bother me. Walk the dog, or is it like you're watching Netflix, a Tina Turner documentary, and like the muse strikes kind of thing, and you just have to go write it? Oh man, that Tina Turner documentary was incredible. I think it really <laughs> depends. It really depends. I'd say it's typically the latter. I typically end up having to go run somewhere and like you know, say something into my notes app and then remember to find it later. Um, but I have in the last year, especially really committed to like a morning writing routine. Like I get yeah, up and discipline mm -hmm, and write for at least at least one page worth of writing, even if it's nonsense. And I find that like keeping that channel open has made it easier for me to be more intentional about when I write and also what I write, which is awesome because um, much of this first album is instinctual. I, you know, I wrote it when I felt it and that's great. Um, but for my own sake, <laughs> the sake of my own mental health, <laughs> I, you know, I would like to not continue to have to necessarily draw, of course, I'll always draw from emotional truth, but from like straight from the horse's mouth truth, like I would like to tell more expansive stories than that. Um, sure. So lately 
I've been I've been moving into a more intentional space with my writing and it's been in many ways really freeing actually um to feel more like in charge of it <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true it's true like we had a comedian here the other day and she said Jamie like every day I have my yellow notepad and I have to write a joke even if it sucks because it's the discipline it's the uh it's the act of like, like the muscle memory if you will exactly exactly yeah um i always have like a guitar i've got a banjo over here just like in case i need to you know map <laughs> something out um and i'm definitely a lyricist before anything else so, so um, my boyfriend is in that room and he's a really talented musician and arranger cool. so i'll be like come in and be like how do i make this more interesting <laughs> that's cool let me ask you about one more the west and the reason yeah. why, I, why i love this song so much is because it's about finding yourself, isn't it? I mean, it's not really about London. It's not really about the Pacific or the West Coast, isn't it? It's about like finding your purpose. I, I, that's how I interpret it. Yeah, I think that's a that's actually I think the oldest song on the record. I wrote that when I was still in college, and I got a job offer in San Francisco that I even I ended up not taking because I the pay they were on, like I couldn't have afforded to live there. Right. <laughs> it's like $15 an hour. And I was like, I can't right. even rent an Beautiful apartment Beautiful city. There. <laughs> I will live under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, I was, I, ha I had a day of just daydreaming about what it would be like to move. And I knew no one at the time in San Francisco. I have family in California, but they're down South in the, like the LA area. Um, so I just, it started as just a like, yeah, an idea of like, who would I be or how, how would I be able to form myself if I move somewhere that was completely outside of any community that I had, you know, what, what would happen? Like, how would I, how would I mold myself? And I think, especially in your early twenties, I feel like now I couldn't not be myself if I try, you know, it's like, at this point, it's like, I'm set in stone. It's like, <laughs> what you see is what you get. But in your early 20s, you know, you're still trying to figure out like, what's my deal, you know? So yeah, the yeah. allure of of being free to do that without like the person who's known you since you were 10 or like, you know, your college roommates who've yeah. seen you, you know, throw up too much two buck chuck, you know, is, right. is appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not goth, Olivia, what, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? This could have been a, like an industrial goth record if I had moved Could to have been San Trent Reznor, you know, female fatale. You never know. Maybe oh, for yeah. the second record. Maybe for the second record. Actually, <laughs> let, let's segue to that second record. You've been so generous with your time, Olivia. So, so yeah. but let me ask about the second record because this album, like I said, I, I think I think it's a masterpiece. And I think Thank that you. The, and I think that it's people will people are catching on slowly. <laughs> and I think good music has been resurfacing like through the pandemic slowly good quality music and people are like it's going to be everyone is going to know this album shortly my question to you is this you've been working on it for a while um are you starting to think about the second record is there any pressure to follow because every song here is good there's no filler uh like any pressure at all um most pressure that i feel is pressure that i put on myself and uh, i'm trying to relieve that however I'm, I am very excited to keep this momentum going. And I think, um, I, I, my hope is within the next, oh geez, Hillary, stop. My hope is within the next 12 to 18 months, I'll have a new full, full length project, but I do have a, um, I have a short project coming before that. I'm going to do a really fun, uh, just a very short, 
uh, mostly covers, which will be different, nice. um, series of, of classic country duets with a friend and, um, nice. stay tuned for that. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be like a total palate cleanser. Like, uh, we're, we're kind of keeping it loose and we're going to put it out Nice. when things finally start to feel light again. And it's just going to be like a good time, like fun, good music to dance to and sing along nice. to. Yeah. Olivia. Ellen uh, so that'll be within the next eight months. That'll be soon. Yeah. So excited. You have said it all this morning. <laughs> Thanks. What an amazing guest. What a talent. What an album. What a social consciousness. What a dog. The whole thing. <laughs> dog. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Olivia, what a great guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Sh shoot us the link to the uh, foundation in uh, Guatemala. We'll pop it up in the description yeah. and all that stuff. So thank you great. so much. Of all course. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.